0: I think that's really like just where the card market is kind of moving. More of those people just kind of want to have the card right now and see see how they play.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to the Slab Stocks FC show. My name is Aaron, your host. Today, I am joined by Cole. Cole, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, really happy to have you on the show.
0: Yeah, thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, of course, of course, and we're just going to go through and talk about Cole's journey through soccer cards, some successes he's had, maybe some, some failures and his favorite sets, and we'll see what we can learn from this, because we're always looking to teach new things to new people coming into the soccer card market or looking to over the next year or however long. So, Cole, how did you get involved in soccer cards to start? Um, what was your big starting in it? or even cards in general, because I know I think you said you transitioned into soccer cards.
0: Yeah, so... um uh my whole family has really been into cards. So I actually had a great aunt who's got some like vintage cards that she first gave me from the sixties and she gave me like a a sixty-two topps Mickey Mantle. And you know, that kind of got me started and I, I really got into it, especially when I was kind of around the age of, like ten or twelve when uh, uh baseball card shows were really popular. I know uh it's kinda hard now with COVID for those to be as big as they were, but yeah. um, I just remember growing up going to the going up to Cleveland from here in Columbus where I'm at and going to the card shows and then uh that was mostly baseball cards back then because it's really all I was given by my family members and things like that so later uh I got into soccer around twenty fifteen I played uh I started playing FIFA like a lot of other people um I also you know had season tickets to the Columbus crew, which is right near me and uh yeah. I think from there that that kind of just grew grew from there for sure like just getting more into soccer cards and right now i kind of have a mix i'm into basketball baseball and soccer but i think soccer right now is almost like the easiest if like for those people that are looking for like the short flip or something to get in with like not very much investment i think there's a lot of options in that aspect yeah
1: that's funny that you're, you're from columbus and go to columbus crew games because tyler treadway one of our past uh, features here on Stocks FC. He actually has season tickets as well and goes oh, to Columbus right. Crew games. So that's funny that I have a second person now that does that. Do you go to a card collector too shop at all since you're from Columbus?
0: No. So I've been trying to get over there. Like I've I've been telling like me and all my I'm getting my friends into cards too. And I think a lot of like people my age, like kind of college age, are jumping back into it just for something to kind of have fun with. And I, I have buddies who kind of just gamble on it. They literally will you know, just buy a player and there's plenty of people like that, but I'm not that person. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to buy a card that like, for me, I think it's buying cards that you like and finding a balance between like, you know, is it a good investment? And like, do you
1: actually like the card? Do you actually enjoy it? You know, you want to collect while also trying to invest. You don't, well, even not even just straight collecting, but just, you know, being involved in what you enjoy is the most important thing with cards is you got to be able to sustain that. You have to be able to sustain it going forward.
0: Right. And like those those windows of kind of like if you want to get into flipping them, the amount of knowledge that you need to acquire, you know, that's hours and hours of research to find that right time to sell. Like I know um with Serge Nabry, I don't know if you know him for Bayern Munich. I'm sure you yep. know who he is. I've seen your posts about him. But uh yeah. So he so like, you know, him going into the Champions League final. Um I had, had a uh autographed numbered card of his and uh you know, I noticed that it was going up and up in value as, you know, they kept progressing to the Champions League, obviously. And right at the final, he kind of hit his peak. And uh I sold off I sold it off. I was just like, you know, it's too big of an investment for me. Gonna move on to smaller stuff. And uh I since then, you know, you see like the UEFA or not the UEFA, the museum collection that came out. And Mm -hmm. uh those are really the only NABRI cards that are selling now. It's like 60, 70 bucks. When you know those, those uh, top tops like, uh, what am I blanking on the uh, the name. Those the uh, the, the, tops you... the tops now. Yes. The tops now. Yeah. Tops now. Yeah. So yeah, uh, the, the tops now are selling for like one hundred fifty dollars or whatever. And now nobody wants those because the museum collection is the big new thing and that's what's hot and you can get it for less too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So when you're talking selling strategy and soccer, have you been doing a lot of like, let me figure out how much profit I've made and sell there and then reinvest it? Are you doing long-term stuff, short-term stuff, both of it?
0: Um, I think it's good to like diversify. Like obviously I, I I bought into like, you know, vintage soccer, I bought into you know, a lot of recent soccer right now, I've kind of like sold everything off because uh, originally I got into it just for um, a side hustle with college and also just something to do in COVID. I really enjoy cards. And I think that it's fun to like, you know, buy cards you like and, you know, flip them and then maybe save up for a card that you really want, like a, you know, uh, 60, like, you know, 58 Pele or something in a super low grade. That's like, 500 bucks now you know those, yeah. are ins- those i mean the the price increases on the vintage stuff is what's really kind of surprised me over the past mm-hmm. few months i think like uh i think a lot of the old tobacco cards are starting to get you know like start to pick up more and i really kind of like where those are going personally yeah
1: yeah for sure what are the some of your favorite sets like when you were first starting investing in soccer. Where did you start with sets you were looking at and how did you expand that when you saw the market grow? Because so many times, and it happens in Pokemon too, I'm not going to sit here and talk about that, but people go into a set that everyone's talking about, everyone's investing in. And that's really when you want to be looking for all the other sets because that's where the untapped potential is.
0: Right. Um, I, that's a, I actually have a funny story about that one. Um, I know just a few months ago, probably around, you know, three months ago, everyone was kind of hating on the uh premier league prism set the first one that had came out and yep. uh i completely understand it like i totally get it there's not a whole lot of like crazy high potential rookies in there other than like a pulisic or you know someone like mm-hmm. that but um i originally i had bought like a, i want to say a 200 card lot for like 90 bucks and um I was just looking looking to, you know, flip a few. I'm like, you know, this will be exciting. And my, my kind of thought process with it was, uh, this was before Premier League was starting. You know, a lot of the COVID restrictions were kind of keeping people off the field. And I figured, you know, I'll just buy in because I had been seeing, you know, everything that's going on in cards and just thought it was so interesting. And uh, I, about a month into Premier League, you know, these guys start scoring and they start creating some attention. And it was like, People, you know, hit hit me up one week for like a Hyung-Ming Sun for Spurs and then next week wanting Paul Pogba because, you know, they had that one good game and you could kind mm-hmm. of sell it right at the hype of, you know, right after that game where they just scored the hat trick and everybody's really up on them.
1: Yeah, I think I mean. that's, that's funny and a good point because so many people out there, so many of the naysayers for the soccer card market are really like, oh, no one watches soccer that buys soccer cards. But honestly, I've been seeing – over the last month or weekend, you know, two weeks to a month that more and more people that actually watch soccer are now buying and selling them based off of how the games are going. You know, back at the end of the summer, we saw so much of, let me just get into the bigger guys and the young rookie investments that are really well known. But now it's so much like what's going on actually in the performance and in the market.
0: Right. And I, I got in with like a super low budget too. So I think like kind of finding those like, slept on sets maybe not not even slept on but just the less popular ones and trying to just see which cards could maybe see a jump in the future based on a performance or you know a tournament i know i know you say like a lot of these cards you know are kind of um almost going to reach their height at like the euros or the world cup and i think like looking looking like in the far future those are the things you should look towards investing in and Mm -hmm. like Now, I found the most successful thing is kind of just finding those little flips that you can make to save up for those bigger cards.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I love that strategy because so many people out there don't really have, you know, that huge budget to go and drop on, you know, a couple of silver Mbappe's or something, something crazy like that. But, you know, everyone can get in at that lower level. And that's what we're seeing now with so many star, I think, like at least well known players in the soccer card market. You just go and find those sets that, maybe aren't the biggest ones and snag a couple of those guys for five to $10 and sit on them and see what happens. Do you do any grading with this stuff?
0: Um, So I've, I just sent off my first ever PSA order not too long ago, but it's mostly just for uh, baseball cards. I have like a few um, John Moran's and things like that, that I just threw in there. But uh, for the most part, I just kind of buy and flip raw for, for that's kind of what's been working for me the past month or two. I, I originally got into it again, around four months ago. So I had a lot of previous knowledge. I kind of knew what I was doing when I got into it, but I didn't quite recognize, I guess, how how much different the market is than it was, you know, when I was a kid, you know, it was a a lot more. I mean, it was just, Mm. it's a lot crazier now and hard to work around for sure.
1: Yeah, there's just so many different factors going on, and you really yeah. gotta be on top of your game, otherwise you might, you know, miss a step. And that's really interesting that you that you're only doing raw flipping, which is nice to hear someone have success with that. Because I think, you know, myself included, and here at SlapSucks, we talk so much about the grading aspect and how important it is. But it's also nice to hear stories of people that can just flip raw cards, keep their expenses low, um, get those cards in and, and sell them. You know within the time of playing and everything have you seen injuries or covet absentees in soccer affect your portfolio or what you're doing buying and selling because i feel like in the last two weeks most of the buzz around soccer has been around industry or injuries and people missing time
0: yeah um actually it's it's helped a few of my cards in a certain sense like you have um buyer me like i invest a lot in obviously cards i like how i was saying i think people should invest in cards that they like and that even if you know, the whole market were to tank, you should still enjoy the cards that you have. You should yeah, be left 100%. with what you feel, what you feel is nothing, you know? Yeah. So, um, I, I'm a big Bayern Munich fan. I've uh, been to their stadium before I've traveled to Germany. So I, I have a huge connection to them and I also love Arsenal. So with them, at least, um, I bought a lot of, uh, Lucas Hernandez cards for Bayern just because they were super low budget. They were like a dollar a piece and I, I bought like 20 of them. And, uh, Alfonso Davies gets injured. And now uh, you see Lucas Hernandez getting more time and his cars haven't seen a huge increase or anything, but it's definitely been at least a couple bucks here and a couple bucks there for like the the silver refractors and things like that, just because he's getting more playing time. So I think it's weird to see uh, like some of the, almost like the micro adjustments, the market makes when just something as little as an injury happens.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely agree with that. How do you how do you determine your buying like by league? Do you, like do you are there some leagues that you completely discount? Do you kind of just focus on Champions League players? Do you do you look at other factors like what's what what is it with the leagues because it's so different than like NBA and NFL of course?
0: Yeah, um I like to focus on what I know. So like um obviously I was kind of on the whole baseball thing when I was younger and uh with soccer at least i'm kind of looking at like premier league premier league is huge i i've kind of noticed that uh some of my friends and people around me they're more into the premier league cuz it's more televised and uh mm-hmm. you know it gets to more it gets a more of an audience so i i like sticking to things like premier league but i also will move outside kind of that realm um i like i like the the bayern munich type teams the big champions league teams um I think there's a ton of potential in the future for a lot of the just nationality cards for like the year uh for the World Cup, especially. I mean, especially when it's gonna be in America too. I mean, there's gonna be a lot of buzz around that for sure.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy for sure. Have you done any uh US men's national team investing at all?
0: Uh just a little bit of like Weston McKinney, nothing crazy. I kind of bought into the hype on that one. Like we all make mistakes here and there for sure. Yeah. I know, I know on a lot of my uh basketball card investments they haven't all panned out like um i know like i i really liked uh the shack rookie cards so i bought a couple mm-hmm. extra to see you know maybe this card will go up here and there and you know that card might you know go up crazy in the future who knows but you know for the moment he's kind of sat low since then and you know that all happens when you're buying and trying to flip cards and you know buying multiples of something you definitely yeah. always to win
1: If anyone's 100% on your investments, like 100% of the ones you're right on, I want to meet you because I've never (laughs) – everyone makes mistakes. It doesn't matter who you are. And actually, funny enough, um, Ryan, card collector too, the shop I was talking about earlier, he just posted Mm -hmm. something on Instagram today about buying Nathan Peterman right before he like threw a five interception game back like two or three (laughs) years ago. and he was saying like he loaded up huge, like super ready to see what he does. And that's of course a failed investment. 95% of the values lost or more in that one from that time until now. So even some of the biggest people out there uh, make mistakes. I've made my fair share of mistakes too. Um, Even recently, even with buying some Pokemon stuff that I didn't do my due diligence on and condition or whatever. And there's just so many mistakes that can be made, but that's so important that you learn from those mistakes too. So speaking about failures, you know, how do you take, maybe the, the cards that you fail on, like let's say that a card that you have lost 50% of the value from the time you bought it until now, what's your game plan with that? How do you have an action plan? Cause I think that's so much that you need to do when you see those things is not to like, Oh, let me forget about that, but let me actually like make a plan so I can either reinvest it or hold it for the long term.
0: Yeah. And that's uh that's definitely a good question because I've been trying to move more and more out of like the quick flip kind of stuff. And I, that's why I really like vintage right now because it's more like, you know, there's so much less of it out there. You know, you can't get that. Um, I, I just bought, like, a, a, a 1938 Wyatt and Churchman and, like, a PSA 9. And he's not the most known player, but there's only, you know, a select few of those cards out there. And, you know, he, he plays for Manchester City, which is a big club. And, you know, I, just certain things I look for on, like, the super vintage stuff. Um, I think just trying to find something that's a little bit more, like, stable if you're trying to, like, keep your money – but uh, you know, when you get into it, I feel like you're, you know, you should expect your cards to take half value because you know you just need to be able to handle that loss. Like I know, I know there's a lot of cards I have that are half value as they were right now, but you know, I'm just gonna hold on to them, see where they go. I think that's the biggest thing. Is kind of yeah, just,
1: definitely not get down on yourself and keep yeah, you know, keep going. Keep going, keep learning, keep investing, keep finding new ways that you can get into things. And that's a super old card that he bought in 1939. Sheesh, that's yeah,
0: so old. Yeah so, yeah, so it's a 38 wide. And actually, I can grab it right here. Yeah, do it. <clears throat> yeah, so it's a PSA 9. You'll never heard of, you'll, You've definitely never heard of uh, Peter Dodery, but uh, he's a Manchester City player. He won their first uh, FA Cup, kind of like led them. So I think like, a lot of the cool stuff to do is kind of research the old vintage stuff. Like I know that uh, there's a ton of potential. Like if you look at the the game like FIFA, a lot of the um, like icons or legend cards on there create a ton of buzz. And like, even if a, you know, a really old legend were to be brought onto that game, like I know uh, Lev Yashin was uh, put into the game a few years ago, like players like him, it gives them more of a, a name globally and definitely can Bring up you know more potential value and things like that
1: yeah and i think it's so important because i think that there's such an untapped side of it between fifa and card market i mean there's so much crossover there that's just one's digital and you play a video game one you invest and can sell them like you know you right. said you were big into fifa starting like five years ago is when you started getting the fifa how do you see that crossover play on in the future do you ever see there being some type of correlation between what the fifa market's doing and what the card market's doing
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's all, everything's moving more digital, obviously. I mean, I'm sure COVID plays a part in that for the card market, at least. But I think that we've seen, you know, people like you be able to create something out of that and uh, make something where people can kind of just not have to go to their local card shop or maybe not even have to go to the, you know, the meetups or things like that and be able to kind of just track the market at home and use, you know, use tools that people have created with different technology to kind of help them. And I think that like moving forward, like there's there's plenty of people in, uh that I think would be more than interested in jumping from, you know, FIFA cards to real cards when they're older and they don't have, you know, they want something more material and that's gonna hold value. Because I see people dump hundreds of dollars into the game, <laughs> you know, when they could be, yeah. you know, putting a couple hundred dollars into cards and, you know, at least having something in their hand to to value. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and even like future value past a year of playing the game until you get the new one, pay another 60 to $70 to get the new game and then more money into the game that you're not going to get back out ever. So I can definitely see if there was some type of way to easily uh, enlighten or bring knowledge to or information to those people, I'm sure it could get crazy really fast or at least a lot of people interested who actually has have interest in the sport, the players and how they're performing and the games, which is really important in my mind. Is that something that you see important too is building on the future for soccer is through the European connection and even even people in America they actually really follow the sport and want to get involved in players that they watch on TV because that's such a big thing for myself with basketball cards when I were to, when, if I were to you know collect some basketball cards I want to watch that guy I want to you know cheer him on as exactly. he's playing
0: yeah exactly I, I, I think there's a huge potential for that like I mean I think that's really like just where the card market is kind of moving more of those people just kind of want to b- have the card right now and see see how they play. And I mean, like, you definitely see that where you can go and buy, you know, a hundred year old card for the same price as, you know, a card that just came out this year that has five other versions, you know? And uh, Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of where my interest has moved is like, I I really do like the new flashy things, but I think you really can't go wrong investment wise with something that's older, more rare, and overall just kind of has more uh, popularity in the long run. Like, I know a lot of the people in the uh, soccer chat all, you know, like to go talk vintage and things like that. So,
1: yeah. And really important is for yourself when you're talking about flipping raw cards is using your, your flipping successes to fund those longer term buys. I'm sure that's what you're doing over there with picking up some of those vintage ones. You're using that newer stuff to accelerate your older stuff. Long-term investments. Really, really cool. Nice job.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's just kind of, what I'm having fun with at the moment, just kind of seeing how far I can get to with the, uh, with the flipping. See, see if I can maybe get a uh, messy RPA or something like that, (laughs) like something ridiculous. Like, I don't know. We'll see.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, that's how you do it. That's how I was able to do it too. And it's, it's really a blast. And, you know, I appreciate you joining the show. Is there anything you want to leave for new soccer buyers or people looking to get into soccer they can use in their daily soccer buying and selling?
0: Um, I think just start start low, don't put too much money into it, and uh, just kind of test the waters, just kind of see figure things out for a while. Um, the best way to kind of figure it out is learn from the wins and the losses. So that's probably what I'd yeah,
1: say. Yeah, 100%. Thank you so much Cole for joining the Slab, Slab Stocks FC show. We're really excited to have you. Really glad that we could get this word out there about buying on a budget cuz you know we don't want people to have to think that they got to dump their savings into soccer cards but we want people to to build up and grow long term with us. So thank you so much for joining Cole.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: Yep, for sure. We will see you guys next time on the Slab Stocks FC show. Thank you all for joining. See you next time.